You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. What does every grocery store aisle now have in common? Products that come in paper packaging. And we don't just mean the obvious ones like cereal boxes and juice cartons. From beauty products to boxed water, there are more opportunities to go paper-tarian than ever before. So why should you? Because paper comes from a renewable resource and can be recycled up to seven times. Simply put, it's the smart choice for the environment. And it turns out, the easiest choice for you. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. What do you do when life doesn't go according to plan? That moment you lose a job or a loved one or even a piece of yourself. I'm Brooke Shields, and this is Now What? A podcast about pivotal moments as told by people who lived them. Each week I sit down with a guest to talk about the times they were knocked off course and what they did to move forward. Some stories are funny. Others are gut-wrenching. But all are unapologetically human and remind us that every success and every setback is accompanied by a choice. And that choice answers one question. Now what? We met, and it was as if I had never had my life without you, and I can't explain it. You know, and I remember it was, a, what, the parking lot, I think it was? It's, it's true. And it's, and I remember that feeling. It was a parking lot. You remember that? Yes, of course I remember it. And I remember thinking, like, Oh, let me tell you, okay, because I remember it as if it happened yesterday. So uh, you didn't you didn't approach from the front. You snuck up from the back, <laughs> and back. and you and you came up to me and you. I remember sitting there talking, and you came up and hugged me from the back, and I said, "Who in the world is this?" And I turned you around. You touched my hand. That's exactly <laughs> right. And I'm thinking to myself, "What is going on?" I turn around, and Brooke, you're right. It was as if we had known each other for the last hundred years. You were so familiar and so down to earth that we were two kids just discovering each other again at the pl in the sandbox. You know what I'm saying? And it was gossip, 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 gossip forever. We just picked up <laughs> on everything. My guest today is an icon in the music world. Lionel Richie is an award-winning musician and prolific songwriter. He first found success as a member of the Commodores and moved almost seamlessly from Motown to solo superstardom with a string of massive hits, including one of my personal favorites, All Night Long. He's a Grammy, Golden Globe, and Academy Award winner, a multi-platinum artist many times over, and a member of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. 
But most importantly, this man has been a mentor, a friend, and a confidant since I was 16 years old. He's always been there for me. And so I was thrilled, although not surprised, that he agreed to do the show. So without further ado, here is Lionel Richie. I'm so excited to, to actually see you in person. I've been hearing your sweet voice on my phone and seeing you on FaceTime sometimes, but I miss you. Congratulations to you. And let me just tell you something. I love being on the show because we get to gossip anyway. So this is this is all about what we do off mic anyway. So here Absolutely. we are. Absolutely. <laughs> so where are you right now? I'm in LA, California at my house, which is probably the novelty of life because I'm very seldom here, as you well know. It feels like you're always touring. I'm always touring. <laughs> yeah. So every time you know me, I'm either in Europe or I'm over in some parts of the country. Now that the pandemic is over, I'm touring full time now. I'm around the world. Really? Yeah. How do you do you love it? Is it different now at this stage in your career than it was like in your 20s or your 30s? Well, I can answer that question for you very simply. Uh, No, it's not any different in terms of the enthusiasm. What's really different is now instead of doing three shows or four shows in a row, we do two shows in a row, take a break, two shows in a row, take a break. Otherwise, you'll burn yourself out completely. But as far as the crowds are concerned, Brooke, they are still showing up. Oh my God. Well, I mean, why you question it? Why why not? You're brilliant and your heart is so beautiful. And I feel like you epitomize music and you've been an icon in the music industry for, for so long. But I honestly think it's because of the passion that you've had for music ever since you were a little bitty kid. And I would love to talk about just a little bit about some of those memories of little little baby Lionel. Oh my God! Loving music. I I, I would love that. That's uh, it's very interesting. I grew up on a university campus. I grew up on Tuskegee, in Alabama. In Alabama, Tuskegee University. And when I say grew up on the campus, I literally on the campus of the university. And so, my my mother was an elementary school uh, teacher. And my grandmother was a um, music instructor and also one of the people up there on the campus. And my father was, of course, in the military at that time because we had two divisions, the Army and the Air Force. Tuskegee Airmen were the Air Force. And the 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 Army was, of course, the base on the campus. So I'm basically in a full-time military base with a university campus. I'll put it Got that it. way. Got it. Okay. And what made it so interesting was... It was in the South. So gospel music, guaranteed. The gospel choir on the campus, guaranteed. Country music was all on the airways because that was pop music back then. Mm. And then the blues and R&B was all around us. And a little twist in my life was my grandmother was a classical pianist. And so right in the middle of all of this blues and R&B and gospel and country I would wake up every morning here and my grandmother play Bach and, and, and Beethoven and stuff. And all of a sudden, it just became a part of the flow of the sound of the house. So I was in this little melting pot surrounded. So it was just, it was very interesting. I, I didn't realize I was going to be a writer. And then as I started writing, I realized all of those, those influences started coming out. Now, do you remember when you wrote your first song? <laughs> well, I do. 
I do it. Were I you have, a little kid? I, I, I was a little kid. It was called House <laughs> of Clay. Uh, that's funny you would ask that question. And I never put it out, I never recorded it. But I just thought I had written, you would have thought I would have written the, the Star Spangled Banner. You know, I'm walking around the house in my little house of clay. And they kept that's saying, such a Lionel, great... Lionel, Jr., <laughs> Lionel Jr., please stop humming that song. But I was just, somebody gave me a tape recorder. And that was the big, the reel to reel at that time. Was it a love story or was it just a love story to the house of clay? <laughs> it, it was love story. It was the love story was in the house of clay. In Our Little House of Clay. Oh, my God. So you've been writing love songs since since, since day one. (laughs) Since since about maybe six (laughs) or seven, not knowing I was a songwriter. Did you write it for anybody? No, it was basically for myself. I mean, you have to understand, it was, was, no, I... There was nothing happening at that time. What, but is there is there a line you remember from it, or some words, or yeah, uh, in our little a, house of clay? It was in our little house of clay. Things can be so beautiful oh. in our little <laughs> house of clay. That's good. Oh, I love it. Okay, so if I had to write an essay on it, I would talk about sort of molding your home to protect those in it. You know, having it be safe but crafted and and warm and but you, and it was also very comforting. I think the thing was you could tell probably at that stage of my life that I was safe. I you know it it felt safe. And so to write a song like House of Clay in our little house of clay, it it, it was it was a very safe spot in my head, in my heart. And so I kind of look back on it now. You would bring that up. I just, I'm just thinking about it now for the <laughs> first time. Of course I would. <laughs> of course you would. Really? But, but it was just one of those moments in my in my life where, because sometimes childhood can be a little traumatizing, as as you well know, as when you grow up, it's it's one of those things where things that you think are wonderful are not exactly the greatest things in the world. I think I used that song as my like what? my place to go. Well, you know when you when you grow when you grow up in, as a kid, you know, kids can be, you know, if you don't play baseball, you know, they bully you, you know, so you retreat into this place where you feel safe. So I think now that you kind of brought that up, I kind of probably use that little metaphor, the house of clay as a place I could go inside my in my head because remember now, I'm on a you're on a university campus, and when you're growing up, I had a great childhood. It's just the part was where you go to hide some days. So this is the 60s in Alabama. 60s in Alabama. Which, I mean, already, that brings up a lot. That brings up everything. And uh, But but the, the funny thing about it, we were on a university campus, all black university campus, so everything was safe. In other words, we didn't know as kids that what was happening outside, 15 miles away, 20 miles away from Tuskegee, was the civil rights movement. And, you know, uh, you know, Martin Luther King is right down the street and and the entire bus boycott. All this is happening right down the street. But yet our little cocoon, if you will, we called it the bubble, you know, we felt safe in this environment on the, on the campus as kids. And when did you start realizing that there was this other, more <laughs> hostile world right outside your bubble that your parents created? I would say probably in my middle of my seventh, eighth grade year. It's funny how life happens. You know, it was happening right in Montgomery, Alabama. It was happening right there in Selma, Alabama, exactly, what, 20 miles away, 30 miles away. And yet it had to go to Walter Cronkite in New York City. 
And then I see it on the evening news, what's happening right down the street from where, where I lived. But as time went on, we became really aware as beginning high school kids. We knew what was going on clearly because at that particular point, we, was, we were starting to integrate the schools downtown in Tuskegee. And that was the whole beginning of the awareness. Did your parents talk to you about it? Did you, did they sit you down at all? And Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, they, they sat us down, but we didn't have the problem that we have today, which is today you have to have a dialogue with your, your, your sons and daughters, black uh, kids, to tell them how to navigate the police and how to navigate confrontation because it's it's really every day in your face everywhere in the world here in in Alabama it was one of those at that particular time it was just basically we didn't have to worry about leaving home because if you left home it, our parents were with us <laughs> up until right. up until mm-hmm. you know high school so we didn't really have that conversation of survival it's just come home and home meant just down the street, and that's it. And safe. And safe. So when when do you, you you're you talking about that, and then you grow up and a little bit more, and it's 1968 is when you joined uh, yeah. the Commodores? We were freshmen on the university campus. How <sighs> fabulous was this? And we weren't the Commodores yet, but it was a nice freshman group of guys who thought we were going to take over the world and kill the campus with with our incredible music, not realizing... Instead, you did it with the world. I mean, Brooke, if I had any idea that that little freshman talent show was going to morph into a career, what happened to me on that particular day when we had the freshman talent show on the campus changed my life forever, which was I, I was too slow to run track. I was too short <laughs> to play basketball. I was too small to play football. The only sport I could play was tennis. And no girls hung around the tennis court while you're playing tennis. So all of a sudden, <laughs> I walk out on the stage at the freshman talent show, and the girls started screaming. And, and I said, okay, I don't know what this business is, but I'm in it. <laughs> That's all I well, want to know. And they've been <laughs> screaming ever since. Hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why that's why all you have to do is say, "Is it me you're looking for?" And that's people that, go, ah! "That's it." I, I mean, honestly. <laughs> well, you just you played right into it. <laughs> I, I, I've been a sucker for it ever since. I tell you. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Free samples, free shipping, and our 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step and into your home too. Shop Blinds.com now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off at Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. 
Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. Okay. I love Walker Hayes. He's amazing. He's so fun. Such a great entertainer. And that's why I'm so excited that JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. The Walker Hayes for JCPenney collection is an upbeat playlist of instant classics with laid-back appeal and down-home vibes. As a dad of seven kids, he knows exactly what fathers want and need when it comes to their style. This collection reflects his casually cool styles with outdoor-inspired details and versatile colors. Perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th, just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. I read somewhere that you told your daughter, I think it was Sophia, I wish you lots of failure young. And I, and I, found, I found that very interesting because I think that's an important lesson. Were there any pivotal failures from your oh youth or your life that made an impact? I, I, that's a very good question. And the answer is I didn't realize what success was. Because I kept failing all the time. In other words, I guess I just thought that failing was the, was going to be the story. <laughs> because, uh, I mean, first of all, think about it. I grew up on an academic campus. Was I very fond of academics? Absolutely not. How were my grades in math? Terrible. Do I remember text to the point where I can regurgitate the, the text in five seconds? No. I didn't know what ADD was or ADHD, didn't know what hyperactive was. Well, we didn't know what it was then. Yeah, well, well, see, they knew what it was. It was called, this guy has a problem. This kid <laughs> has a problem. So back in my day, it was never comforting to have it. It was always, always, we're trying to figure out Lionel or slow him down. But I didn't realize that was a real positive if you know what it was and how to navigate it. As time went on, I realized that those moments of failure, when I say failure, I mean, I wasn't at the top of the class. I'm getting to the music business with the Commodores, and I realized, how do you learn how to be on stage? You have to walk on stage. You know, there's, <laughs> there's only one where you could take all the courses, you can take all the music you want to, <laughs> but the bottom line is, if you want to be a performer, you have to go on stage. What happens on stage? Trial and error. Yes, you can sing, but can you sing while the fight's going on over in the in the bar? You know, <laughs> is there one is there one sort of moment that performance that stood out for you where we you really got that trial and error, yeah, and yeah. maybe it aired on error? <laughs> yeah, it was error on error. And the point was, I do remember one night we were playing, and right in the middle of the show, the lady walks on stage. Now remember, now, this is not. Madison Square Gardens. This is a club. This is a club. Okay, so a lady walks on stage. Lady walks on stage, and I have the microphone. And how do you deal with someone who wants to talk in the microphone with you? While, <laughs> when <laughs> while, it's your show. While you're trying to sing. And so that's a moment. That's a teachable moment. And I remember sitting there trying to sing the song, and she's trying to talk. And what I should have done now... I should have dealt with it a different way, but at the time I froze and said, so like an idiot, what did I do? I gave her the microphone. 
Oh, gosh. And you know the and, answer to that. Oh, no. I mean, you know, it's like now you'd probably, I mean, if it was not a security breach, which to me that already sounds like a nightmare in security, but I could see you then singing the song to her yeah, but, in a way and like, and figuring that out. And then everybody, you know, so like there's, there's ways to do it. But I mean, that's just, Brooke, you in, cannot, that's a moment. You cannot scare me now in no. life. You cannot, I mean, every imaginable thing that's probably happened, but trial and error, we, going back to your question, trial and error is the key to getting really good. People don't hear about that. They don't hear about the the, the failures or the the errors. Yeah, you, but you, I mean, I'd love to tell you that every song I I've written over the years was a hit. That's not true. You know, you you have to. How many songs that I throw away, or how many ideas that you throw away to kind of capture that one little jewel that's really stand out. And so, you know, you try it. You try it. You put it together. You try it. You take it apart. Uh, it took me longer to write all night long than any other song because it had so many different parts to it. I couldn't figure out where's the ending of this song. It just kept yeah, going. Yeah, well, it shifts in the middle. It goes on and there's three hooks in this there's whole there's another thing. shift. And then Tambolite said Nemoyar's over here. Yeah. Then All Night Long's over here. Then Jumbo Jumbo's back over here. Karamu, Fiesta, Forever. I've got so many parts. What do I do with all these parts? It, it could either be a grand disaster or it could be a great thing. You know, you have to really embrace failure. If if you if you approach something from fear, then you're halfway doing it. You know, just kind of lean into it. If you're going to do it, do it. Well, and then you just if it doesn't work out, I mean, you know, then you just move on and you try something else, you know. If this doesn't work out, then you try another one, you know. But you you always talk, you always sort of bring it back to the people who are in your personal life, who sort of grounded you through all, whether, I mean, you started talking up about that with the tour yep. and through, I imagine, successes and failures, yep. you still have that base to go back to. Yep. And what I find especially interesting is that you got married early. Your first marriage was to a college sweetheart. College sweetheart, yes. I was basically a senior, and she at that point was basically a sophomore. And we met each other there. But at that point, we went on after she graduated. I'm now in the Commodores full time. So it was maybe four to five years after we met. That um, you got married. That we got married, yeah. And was she living with you in, in Hollywood? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh no, definitely. She, we, we moved out right after. Well, let me put out this. For the Commodores, no. For the Commodores, we were in Alabama full time. And then after Kenny Rogers, this is well into my Commodore Commodore career. We're okay. now, Kenny Rogers is when I moved into Hollywood, California. And that was the aha moment in my life when I realized this is not Kansas anymore. Um, we are not in Kansas. You know what I'm saying? It was one of those, whoa. Yeah. And and the forces against you, you know, it, it's, it's just stacked against you at that point because it's like it's like no other place I've ever been to before because I couldn't get one person to agree on the same philosophy three blocks away. And did that affect your relationship? Well, always. I mean, I you don't know that, you know, because you figure you figure it's well, remember that you're born and raised in a small town. The funny thing about it in my small town of Tuskegee, I'll give you a statistic. No one in my entire community ever got a divorce. Oh. You understand? Okay. All right. So, so now here we are in Hollywood, California, and you think, yeah, you know, Hollywood is like Alabama. You know, it's no big. No, it's not. 
It's not a nurturing place. Let me put it that way. Uh, married or not married. Married not or not married. Place. It's not a nurturing place. It's not a place where you feel safe to say, you know, n- what I loved about Tuskegee was the whole town had the same philosophy. That's mm-hmm. number one. Number two, I didn't have to hide from my mom and dad. I had to hide from the whole town if I was sneaky. You follow me? Uh-huh. So the whole town raised me. Here in Hollywood, California, <laughs> you, all you have to do is cross the street. <laughs> you don't have to go out of your neighborhood. And it's a different philosophy every day. Meanwhile, what was happening the most was you're still trying to discover the new you or me in this case. You right. know, I mean, I was a Commodore. I didn't know anything about solo life, solo career. And so all of this is happening just about the time I'm meeting you. So you had been married about 15 years and you had the one daughter, now, Nicole. Nicole, with your ex. Nicole! That was that was a that was a bright light. I mean, you have to understand that that was one of those things that little angel comes along at the right time and kind of solidifies your life. That was one of those things that happened. I wasn't, you know, in life. There's surprises that makes the difference. That was a wonderful surprise that came along, and um, I, I love her to death. Oh, I can, I I mean, I know, and she loves you so much, <laughs> and and she just came into your life, and it changed. Well, I tell you what, it did. It kind of get. It gave me uh, an anchor. When I say an anchor in a good way, you know, when we use the word grounding, mm-hmm. you know, every once in a while, and you know this business, it's so much about me, 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 I, I, my, my, that when you find a little face that comes along and you realize, okay, now there's a person right here that needs my assistance. It's called my kid. And and <laughs> from that point on, you know, I kind of enjoyed watching her stumble and mm-hmm. grow and because she came in with a lot of stuff at the time. But it was one yeah. of those things where I really felt connected to her to kind of, no matter what was craziness was happening in my life and in, mm-hmm. in my ex-wife's life, you know, we wanted to make a commitment to make sure that her life was solid. And what was your experience like co-parenting? Ah, that was, <sighs> well, um, I'll put it like this. Okay. The PTA meetings that we had in Alabama were not the same PTA meetings we had in <laughs> Hollywood, California. Those oh. were some different kind of parents altogether. But again, co-parenting was one of the agreements that we had. It was uh-huh. um, it was difficult, but but the co-parenting part was easy um, because we both agreed that we loved her. Oh, there she is. There's so the that anchor. Was, that's that's the story. I mean, I could. You have to know, Brooke. It, it's it's. This business is, is like strange, but at the same time, you can survive it, but it's going to take an effort. It's not going to be an easy ride. And that, that's not only for the artists, but it's also for the kids, the kids, the parents, the grandparents. Everyone's going to go through the cannon, you know, shot through the cannon. It's, it's tough. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Free samples, free shipping, and our 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step and into your home too. Shop Blinds.com now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off at Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, 
Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on do not disturb, tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. Okay. I love Walker Hayes. He's amazing. He's so fun. Such a great entertainer. And that's why I'm so excited that JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. The Walker Hayes for JCPenney collection is an upbeat playlist of instant classics with laid-back appeal and down-home vibes. As a dad of seven kids, he knows exactly what fathers want and need when it comes to their style. This collection reflects his casually cool styles with outdoor-inspired details and versatile colors. Perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th, just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. I'd love to switch a little to your solo career because that's, I mean, we met around the time that you decided to to go solo and um, you recorded Endless Love. I remember I told you that story, right? <laughs> the producers wanted me to sing it as this little girl. And so I was going to sing it with you and was all ready. And then this Diana somebody, some, right, yeah, right. some up and coming, right. you know. Some, some lady that some was up and coming, coming in singer. The, yes, in the business, yes. <laughs> <laughs> my, mother, my mother said, honey, um, <laughs> you know that song you were supposed to sing for the, for the studio? You're not going to sing it anymore. <laughs> I know. And I was like, oh, you're kidding. It was, I couldn't believe it. Um, but you had been with the Commodores by that point for about 14 years. Yeah. What made you finally decide that you could or would or wanted to go out on your own? I, you know what? Didn't want to go on my own. Had no, I wouldn't, I know that sounds like a shock. Wasn't going that route. I, I, it just, I was writing my behind off. And when I say that, I mean in a good way. I loved writing. And so, Here's Kenny Rogers and so-and-so, and I've got around to Endless Love. And, of course, they kind of backed me into Endless Love because how it came to me was, we need an instrumental. And I said, oh, okay, okay, that's fine. Um, and so I hummed this little ba-ba song, ba-ba, ba-ba-ba-ba, ba-ba-ba, ba-ba-ba-ba-ba. It just came to you and you just ba ba it? And I ba ba it, and they said, okay. <laughs> and they came back to me and said, okay, can we do the ba-ba? Next thing I know, they came to me. Next thing I, I knew at that point, we're going to have her sing the first verse to the person in the room. Could you write us a first verse? Okay. My love is only you and my life, the only thing that's right, but first love. You have a breath that I take, you have a step I make. Good. Lionel, we've decided to make that extended now and make it a full song. Could you write the lyrics? And we're going to make it a duet. Wow. Okay, who would you like to have this to it? And I'm thinking to myself, I'm doing Kenny Rogers. I'm doing the Commodores at night. Kenny Rogers in the day. I don't have any time in between to do this. All it was supposed to be was a simple uh, instrumental. And now here I am with Diana Ross. And But I tell you, this took a life of its own. I mean, it came on. 
And the rest is magical history, I must tell you, because uh, Diana just, the combination of our voices came together, forget about it. It was. I mean, it was. It, it was, was uh, happening. I mean, I just remember, you know, being so mesmerized by it and being feeling so lucky that I was on. The, I got to be on the cover of the, of the album, album. Yeah, for right, right. The, the song, and I, I sort of thought, oh God, you know, I remember thinking, oh my God, I can't believe that I'm on the cover of the album. It, it's so funny, Brooke, because I mean, you've been a part of my life, even though you, because you were so young. You, you, your face, your image, your your being has been so much a part of my life that, of course, I thought it was just so natural for you to be on the cover. It was like one of those things, and I'm thinking to myself, great way to sell a record. Put Brooke on the front cover, and we, we have a hit record. You know what I'm saying? But oh. I, I mean, it's it's funny how we just parallel all the way down through our careers. And just our our emotions and and our lives and and I always have really phoned you out of the blue for just the most emotional moments in my life and and that's a relationship I will always cherish. If you look back on your life, is there a certain decade that that really stands out to you where you experienced just the most growth? Yes, yes. Well, well, that's interesting. Um, believe it or not, people think it was the eighties. Uh, but it was the it was it was the seventies. I, I have to tell you something. For me, getting me to not be frozen on stage and to go out on stage with confidence and say, "Give me the microphone. Give me that mic. Give me that mic." You know, I mean, with because I was this shy kid. So my most growth was to go from a kid who was just in the wings of a stage, let alone out on stage, to now to be a front man for a band. Oh my God, this is like night and day. Did you have stage fright or? I was terrified, you know, because it, it was, I had no ego. So, you know, it was, I you wanted, still don't. I wanted to be in this band. I don't have it. You're exactly right. I didn't have that jock mentality. Like, you know, give me the ball coach. You know, I wasn't that guy. I would always come off stage and they, even to this day, they'll they'll say to me, "Great show, Lionel," and the little voice inside of my head will go, "Really?" You know, it's still it's still there. It, it it's it saved me. I think Brooke for the longest part. I think that lack of real, I mean, don't get me wrong, ego is was there when I was stepping in the studio, but when it came to actually having something to work, it was really almost a surprise to me as to everybody else. Holy cow! That that record's a hit record, you know. That was like, oh. <laughs> and was there? Did you find freedom though when you finally got that sort of comp, that different kinds of confidence to sort of in that solo career? Did you find the freedom in it in the Commodore career and in the solo career? It was it was probably at that particular point in life when you find that you know how to do what you know how to do. It's yours. In other words, you know, no one does that like you do that. And that's a hard thing. I mean, that's like to get there, Uh, to really be able to do that and not compare yourself to uh, other people. Best time ever in my life, I must tell you, because at that particular stage, I didn't have to study Keats. I didn't have to study, (laughs) you know, you you don't have to go back. You just, all you have to do is just go, they go, Lionel, what are you thinking about? And you go, I'll be right back. You know, probably, you know, I didn't have to pass an exam. You know, 
And it was well. that wonderful moment when I just said, okay, I, I think I've got this, you know, because that was really the beautiful part of my life. That's wonderful. And I'm, I'm, I'm sure you'll have more of those. Um, I call the show Now What? Because it's, um, I'm always interested in, in when the expe- unexpected happens. And, you know, you ask yourself, now what do I do? And what would you say your Now What moment has been? I think that I'd like to look at my career. I'd like to look at my life as a calling card. It's a, it's a, what do I, what do I do with all of this uh, recognition? What do I do with all these songs? What do I do now uh, for the rest of my life? You know, I love walking out on stage and the entire world sings with me. They laugh with me. They cry in front of me. They've lived life with me. I've got now with American Idol, this new group of nine to seven-year-olds going, that's Lionel, you know? So what do I do now with all of this? And I think at this point, it's a teachable moment now for me because I love helping people to understand life is hard. When these kids come on that show, it, they gave me the kind of essence of what the world is. Right. So my job now is motivating. How can you motivate? I travel around the world. I've got fans. They've been divorced. They've been broken. They've been, you know, every possible thing. And here they are on watching me. And so now I'm taking the opportunity now to form different organizations around the world. Um, I'm involved with King Charles, uh, uh, the Prince's Trust. Uh, I'm chairman of the board of his, his trust. We're both the same age and we both have the same mission of how do we touch as many people as we can around the world. And so that became something really endearing to both of us. So I, we're working with that together. So we're oh, in every so country in the world now. So give me, give me another 40 years, Brooke, and I'll have it all worked out. Okay. Well, I, I, I hope you keep having those now what moments. And, and I, and I think that this is another one and it's, it's stemming from a really beautiful place and with an even more open heart, which I didn't think was possible, but you seem to keep, (laughs) keep doing it. feels like it just keeps getting bigger and bigger. And, um, thank you so much for spending this time with me. I love I love this format of, of now we can we can just meet on your podcast every two weeks. Well, whatever you want to, I am here and I'm ready for you anytime you want. You need something from me, or you want me to uh, talk about something? We got it. I will. I would gladly do well, it. Well, you will hear from me off and on for the rest of your life, so don't worry about it. Perfect. That was the incredible Lionel Richie. If you want to hear more from him, head over to LionelRitchie.com to get tickets for his latest tour. That is it for us today. Talk to you next week. Now What with Brooke Shields is a production of iHeartRadio. Our lead producer and wonderful showrunner is Julia Weaver. Additional research and editing by Darby Masters and Abu Zafar. Our executive producer is Christina Everett. The show is mixed by Bahid Frazier. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 
24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts.